Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on, we would like to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, plus there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. The purple one is back. We get tons of prints, tons of sexy sex, and we even get Mars singing, and he has a beautiful voice. She's got to have it. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to After Sorry, Buzz y'all. TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, back to real. the buzz. I am a mess, apparently, and obviously. Welcome back to She's Gotta Have It. Hi, guys. Hey. <laughs> I'm all over the place because if you guys don't know, if you guys weren't here before, me and my ladies, we broke down episode three and four, and now we're going to break down episode five and six. So I think I'm just all over the place. I'm really excited because it was Prince, there was sex. It was Mars, so I'm so forgive me for those who are listening and watching. I'm a little cray cray today, and it's Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> Hi, ladies. Hi. Who do I have with me? My beautiful co-host. Hey, I'm Mina Wahab. What's up, y'all? It's your girl Jew Jones. I appreciate them for being there with me because I'm a Listen, mess. <laughs> Prince, Mars, and sex can get you flustered. You know, and here I am flustered. Girl. No shame. <laughs> <laughs> very, very flustered, but like Drew said, uh, we got a lot of all that good stuff. We do have some special segments. We have news and gossip. We have a cool segment that we're going to try out, um, F. Mary Kill. Baby, there's a lot of sexing in these episodes. So let's get right into it. Let's get into episode five, which I loved. Um, we got Prince. It was literally a mm. Prince theme. Um, for those who don't know, every year Spike Lee does this thing where he does a Prince block party. He does it for Michael Jackson as well. And I've been to them before I moved out here. I used to go to them all. Uh, the one I went to was a few years ago and it was pretty awesome. He does them in the street of Brooklyn and it's just black, and beautiful and brown and everyone's there of color celebrating Prince. You have a block party. We have Nutcrackers, which is a New York specialty. <laughs> Like, you have the electric slide, we have afros, we have dreads, we have every single person at this Prince thing. How do you guys like the whole Prince theme? I feel like you're episode? telling me that I need to move to New York. Yes, I, feel I like am. that's the moral of the story. Like, why am I here? Move to New York, Mina. It's amazing. I hope I sold you guys on Brooklyn, at least, and Prince. I was all in my fields because, of course, I'm from Brooklyn, so that's something that I've been going to for a long time. Yeah. But how did you guys feel with Prince? We got Prince music all up and down this episode. I was like, this looks like fun. Wouldn't it be cool if this existed? And then I was like, oh, I guess it does. It exists. <laughs> I didn't know. I... I love that Spike Lee balances out like black pain with black joy mm-hmm. because like last episode was like kind of stressful but this episode was so joyous and I just like it's just one of those episodes I was like damn I love being black like <laughs> I love it and I love it had me dead with the nutcrackers because nutcrackers will baby they will mess your life up but I just love I just love the unapologetic blackness I love the little subtle uh, Spike Lee appearance, you know. Shout out to Spike Lee. Shout out to Spike. I'm like, Spike, we know that's you under the beads and we know that's your voice. But I loved it. I love seeing Sway. Like you said, for those who don't know what nutcrackers are, so Mina, I'm going to try to sell you on New York. Yes. Yeah. Nutcrackers is a specialty drink that we make in New York where we literally pour every single liquor that you can think of, we pour it into one thing. 
with probably one little drop of juice, right? <laughs> and we sell them as nutcrackers for what five dollars, maybe. Yeah. And you just gotta kind of close your eyes and chug it. And you drink one, and you're done. They were the, were they the little bottles? Yeah. yeah. I was like, what is that? Those are the nutcrackers. They sell them for five dollars, and yeah. you get twisted. Like if you're at an event like that and you drink a nutcracker, it's it for the rest of the day. Yeah. yeah. I think like the closest thing to it would be like maybe a four loco. Maybe. Maybe, but not really because nutcrackers are different types. Yeah, so that's a summer specialty in New York City. So to see that at this Prince event, which it's pretty dope because it's gotten bigger because the one I went to was on the block that so where Spike Lee is from, I'm literally from around the corner where he did do the right thing. So that's the Prince one that I went to and like Dave Chappelle was there, Erica Badu and then like it went to Prospect Park and I loved seeing it there for the show so mm-hmm. I thought that was beautiful I love Prince and Spike Lee loves Prince as well but at this amazing event our girl Nola is working yeah. uh, she's doing her promo shoot for Airwave mm-hmm. how did you guys feel I do want to give a shout out to my friend Shelly she's actually in the scene and she's the girl getting her photo taken so shout out to you I thought that was really dope to see her mm. and see everybody here in Brooklyn but um how you guys feel about our girl working getting some money like making these checks and to have the young lady Jamila be there to kind of remind her like I got your back like we're gonna make this happen like did you guys feel the campaign or I I didn't even feel the campaign element of it so much it felt like oh this is a win-win like she's doing what she loves with like random people but then also like people she knows and then it's just fun it's like she's like literally enjoying an event and getting paid for it it's like her hard work is paying off it's just it's like the moment we've been waiting for like finally where passion meets your paycheck goals yeah, yeah. Mina, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't have anything out of that. Mina, <laughs> Mina phrased that really well. Like, literally, goals. Um, also, speaking of goals, um, we do hear the name Ulu be brought up a few times at this Prince event. <laughs> and we take a trip to his house, and he's cooking us dinner. He's giving us wine. Yeah. We're having intellectual conversations. He's turning it out. <laughs> he's breaking backs. Yeah. Um, before we get there, because I got really excited... Nola and Ulu have a pretty deep conversation where they have this debate. And I know we'll speak a little bit, too, about it in News and Gossip. But they have a debate where they speak about black British people versus black American people because mm-hmm. he's uh, British. And they speak about the struggles and slavery and they share their own thoughts. Um, what was that like for you guys? I know me and Drew talked about it earlier. But even if, like, because, Mina, I know you're not black. So do you ever feel mm-hmm. this way as well, like, in your culture where... I don't know, maybe, like, Americans try to compare it to... Because I know in the black culture, West Indian black people, there's always a big debate between West Indian black people and then, like, black Americans, where we always say, like, our struggle's harder than yours. No, we were here first. We were slaves. No, you don't know what it's like. You were dropped off first. And that's kind of what this conversation was with her and Ulu, where she was like, cool, you guys are black and British and you guys had racism, but we were slaves. So have you guys ever experienced that? And, like, what were your thoughts on this conversation? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I've necessarily experienced anything similar to that. I mean, I'm first generation um, Iraqi American. My parents immigrated from Iraq. And, you know, it's crazy because sometimes I think like, wow, like, you know, I kind of got the birth lottery. Like, what if I grew up in Iraq? And like, especially with all the, like, you're talking about colonialism. I mean, there's, there was so much of that in Iraq. I mean, first they were under you know, British rule, and my mom was like, oh, that was actually a good time, you know, I, to be under British rule, because, like, compared to being under a dictatorship with Saddam Hussein, which was actually better for the Iraqi people, even though he was a horrible person, better than having their entire economy destroyed, and um, 
because of the the U.S. invasion on the grounds of WMD. So, yeah, like, I mean, I I feel lucky to be where I am. Of course, I did face a little bit of discrimination after 9-11 because I was in a school that was predominantly, like, there was no one that looked like me. It was, like, very, like, white, Christian, like, not a lot of diversity, and I I felt a little bit of that. But um, other than that, I feel like there is discrimination within like, there's, I don't feel like there's a huge sense of unity in the Middle East because, um, like, there's so many different types of Arabs. Like, you have Iraqis, you have Lebanese people, you have, um, <laughs> you have Egyptians, uh, and Egypt is part of Africa, so it's not technically considered the Middle East, but there's, like, arguments whether it is or it isn't, but there is, like, a lot of segmentation and not a huge sense of unity. And yeah. the, one, the Arab countries that are, like, westernized are, like, take a hierarchy over the ones that aren't. So right. there is a little bit of that. Yeah, I wanted to get your opinion because I know me and Drew, we can speak from the black part of it and she can speak from like the West Indian black American <laughs> part of it and I can speak from the black American part of it where I've grown up with my West Indian friends or my African friends even where it's a big debate with people from Africa where they feel like mm. black American, like whoa, like you guys don't even experience it. So I, I appreciated the conversation that these two had because they both had their points. I think they were both valid points yeah. where there's a two people on the opposite side of the world and they both feel this certain type of way and I love Spike Lee because Spike ain't playing this season he's literally putting it all out there on the table for the conversations to be had about yeah. the group. I think um, I it, it frustrates me when conversations like this happen not because they shouldn't happen because they should but because within the black community often I feel like we do sort of an oppressions war to be like you know, I went, th- like, and it's it's so frustrating because essentially colonialism wants us separated. They don't want, you know, they want West Indies in one corner and Africans right. in one corner and black Americans in one corner. And when you think about it, we were all played. Like, West Indies, the reason we're West Indies because those were slave trade islands. Jamaica was a slave trade island until the, like, 70s, you know? And so, like, we we weren't, I mean, obviously, well, slavery was still kind of, anyway, <laughs> history lesson for another day. But I'm saying, like, we were on those islands because we were slaves. Black Americans were here because they were slaves. B- black British people were over there. They weren't slaves in the same sense, but they also weren't necessarily free. And it's kind of just like we all have, we all went through the greatest struggle that we personally know. And to compare our struggles to one another and try to one up each other is just creating this divide. It's a lot like colorism. Everyone's been oppressed in some ways. Yes, you know, me as a light-skinned woman has privilege over you who's a brown-skinned woman. Like, we have different... But at the end of the day, we have struggles. And instead of trying to figure out how we're different, like, let's come together and create this, like, unified community. Yeah. And we'll talk about news and gossip, but this this conversation definitely made people feel some type of way. It sure did, but I did like at the end that they were unified and they had amazing sex. Um, yeah. At the end of all this, the, the, story, every, the moral of the story is less oppression, more sex. <laughs> the answer is, guys, less oppression, more <laughs> sex. I'm just saying, happy 2019. Everyone should be having sex with if it's with someone else or yourself. I just feel like you should get those pheromones out. Okay, speaking about getting those pheromones out, Jamie Overstreet. Mm. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. The clownness is showing. So Jamie, I guess, is feeling jealous that his beautiful wife is getting her back blown out by this young, handsome, weird, I don't know if he's a rapper or an actor, but dude, Andrew. And Jamie (laughs) takes it upon himself to go to Winnie and hire two dudes who were supposed to scare her little boyfriend, but they end up beating the crap out of him. 
What did you guys think? What did you guys think about Andrew? Because I guess he's a rapper and... <laughs> he's like, he reminds me... Loki reminds me like Jason Kennedy from like E! News. Oh, yeah. Like he gives me this I love like... Jason Kennedy. Like, yeah, like he just gives me that like I'm, you know, an entertainment reporter type like Ooh. vibe. I just like... And I've had exes like Jamie. Ugh. And so I'm just like, it's just so corny to me. Like you don't, Is he a Leo? You don't get to mess up the bag and then be mad that you messed up the bag. And like, he's definitely a Capricorn. You think Capricorn? 100%. Okay, you think Capricorn, yeah, Nina. 100%. What do you think, uh, Drew? Maybe because I'm bitter right now. I feel like he's a Libra. <laughs> I would say I'm getting Libra vibes and Leo vibes from Ooh. Jamie Overstreet. Libra and Leo. I wouldn't say Leo because he's not really a spotlight personality. He's not, but sometimes he's Leo, practical, now Leo's, he's grounded, but then he also has like this. Oh, he does dark have that Capricorn vibe. The only reason why I say Leo and Leo's don't drag me. I'm just, you know. I love Leo's. Leo's, my and that's my compatible sign. I'm a Sagittarius. Yeah. Those are my people. We family. <laughs> so, as family, it's my duty to drag them a little bit. Leo the liar. Uh, Leo's tend to do this thing where they're like, I can do my thing, but you, God forbid, you better not do Listen. your thing. Because if you do your thing, then I'm going to hire two guys to be. <laughs> but okay so we got cap we got libra and i got libra leo so if you guys are in the comments please let us know what you guys think uh jamie's horoscope is i like this game yeah this is, this, cool. this is my favorite yeah, yeah my you know, we all love horoscopes living <laughs> here in la we're like what's your sign <laughs> i like we'll do that going for it we'll try to guess like what people's horoscope sign yeah. is yeah so today we'll, this episode will be jamie overstreet so jamie gets you know home dude beat up and i just feel like like you said drew like here's the thing you can't go 20 years into this relationship and marriage and cheat on your wife. This woman, you know, probably sacrificed a lot for you. Apparently, she comes from money and the dad gave you the money. But you're living your best life having sex with all these women in my face. And because I'm not sitting at home mad anymore, I've cried every tear. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going to cry Mary J. Blige anymore. I'm not living my best life with my young boo and you're upset and now you get the boy beat up. I feel like it's going to come back and bite Jamie in the ass. And I kind of hope it does. It absolutely does. Because the street doesn't talk, but money does. Okay. And then the right coin will come around. And someone will be speaking. So it's unfortunate that he's acting up. But, I mean, I don't know what he's trying to do to fix his family. But he's definitely going out of his way to ruin Charles' life. Um, Someone living their good life is Nola's mom. She's going back to acting and she's been rehearsing and something dope. Spike Lee made a cameo, but Spike Lee's wife made a cameo. Looking amazing. Um, hello. Tanya Lewis Lee. So for those who don't know, she was the woman that was sitting at the table when they were doing the table read. So I thought that was awesome. But how we feel about mom. I like that now the parents are coming out and Stokely's like, Stokely's amazing. And Spike Lee's sister who plays Nola's mom, which is crazy because I feel like I just watched Do the Right Thing. Right. And... That was Mookie's sister. But anyway, how do you feel about mom like living her best life? And do you think this is a good decision for her? Because Stokely does not seem to be very happy that mama going to be having sex. Yeah, I think if it's you're part of the older generation, it's harder to get down with something like that. I mean, like, for us, it's so easy to be like, oh, that's an artistic choice and it's going to be tastefully done. But it's like, I could totally empathize with someone who's like, what? Yeah. Like, this is weird. Like, especially if it's her first time doing it. But at the same time, it, it's like her big break. Like, they should be supportive. It's yeah. not like she's doing something like... I don't know. Porn. Yeah. But well, even not, then, you should that, support yeah. porn, too. You yeah. Should yeah not Sex to, like, workers are important. They are, but I'm... They are, but, But like, not if it's my mom But, you know, like, I could, I could empathize, you know, more with that versus... Yeah. yeah. I'm happy that she's living her best life, um, and her co-star is fine. 
and I'm guessing that's Ew. who she's gonna be having the sex with. But I am happy for her because I feel like she's the wife who probably let her husband do his thing and mm-hmm. live his life. And Stokely is a famous musician, and I'm just happy that mom gets to step out and yeah. do her thing and have her sex scene. In Your front passion of doesn't just like fade out as you mm-hmm. get older. Yeah, and I like that we get to see her like pursue her still. And sure. I like this as a family of artists. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the most beautiful things. Like their daughter is a painter, a photographer, mom's an actor, dad's a jazz singer. Literally, I want to live in that brownstone. Right. Adopt me, <laughs> please. Um, yeah, it, this was a really good episode. I really enjoyed it. We got like, I think, 20 minutes of a half hour show of all prints. We got that Prince barbecue. We got, because like you said earlier, like Spike does this thing where he will drag something out and he mm-hmm. dragged the Prince thing as he should. Yeah. So we're going to round this episode, episode five, with our top three moments. Yeah, yeah. Yes, top three. Number one, being Prince. We love Prince R.I.P. to a god, honestly. It was just unapologetically black, and we lived for it. Number two, the baby's performance. Oh, that was so cool. It was so cute. I That little boy can shred. Yeah. I'm not going to front. I don't know if that was, like, real, really him, or... That'd be dope if that really was him. But she was, she was serving. She was doing moves. And then number three, obviously... The king himself, Spike Lee, making a cameo. Yes. Even though he was acting like we couldn't see that that was him. (laughs) I'm like, Uh, we can see you in your Jordans. Like, Spike played Mars in the original movie, and I feel like Mars is Spike Lee. And if you look at Spike today, that's what Mars is going to look like in 30 years. Factual. I was like, we see you, Spike, under the glasses. (laughs) Hello. Uh, Thank you, Drew, for bringing us the top three moments of episode five. I love that episode. That was a really good episode. So let's take it to episode six. Um, When the chickens come to roost. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you got overall thoughts first before we get into it? What were your overall thoughts on episode six? I just remember it being my favorite episode thus yeah. far. I really, really liked it. I just remember, like, like even the way it ended and, like, the important themes, like, you know, the devastation in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And there, there were just, like, so many great things that happened and, like, so many important topics that were being brought up. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was... It impacted me probably the greatest out of all of them so far. It's a really good episode about you, Drew. How'd I was going like to say, it? they did a great job of um, portraying, like, the devastation that Puerto Ricans are still going through. And I love that it really tugged at your heartstrings, whether you can relate to it or not. I think it was just, like, really beautifully done. Yeah, I agree with you, ladies. This was one of my favorite episodes. Um... Not because there was more sex in it, but it was a really good episode. Um, (laughs) Let's get into it. Nola is hanging out with her ex, well, one of her ex-boyfriends a lot, Greer. They have been living their best lives, and Greer's in his new sexy relationship with an Amber Rose Mm lookalike. I was thinking that. I was like, yeah, she really does look like her. She's hot. She is. And them two together just ooze sex. It's too much. I feel like a threesome's coming soon. (laughs) Or they're going to ask her for one because it's still, you know they've broken up 18 months ago, which isn't a long time, but um, like Nola says, she's like, it did catch me off guard a little bit when you brought her to the thing. Um, but when you see these two hanging out, do you think it's a good idea to be hanging out with Greer as much as they are? Or do you think like there's past it, they're just friends? I mm. have friends who I, or I have people who are friends now that were my Greers in the past. And I, I don't like the idea that you can't be um, friends with somebody that you've had sex with. And I think Anthony Ramos even talks about, like, Mars and um, Noah's relationship in that article from the last episode that we were talking about. But, yeah, I, th- I think as long as, like, you give each other a respectful amount of time to heal and there's communication, I don't see why you can't be friends with. Yeah. That person knows you, literally, like, ins and out. So it's, like, that's a good friend to have around. What you, Mina? I don't think it's strictly platonic. I mean, I I still think it's okay to be friends with your exes, but I feel like they're the dynamic 
between them has always been sexual, but I like how we're seeing, like, the dynamic now kind of shift where they're talking about things like colorism, and they're talking about things where you're like, oh, Greer has a brain. Wait, what? He's not (laughs) not just just a brain, but yeah. Because it's like, we didn't really see that before. We saw a little bit of the bouginess before, and we still see it with, like, speaking French and being, like, like, really uppity, and it's, it's entertaining for me. Like, I definitely enjoy seeing him, but I feel like there's this there's always going to be this underlying sexual tension between the two of them. Like, there's no denying that chemistry. Yeah. So when you made the joke about the threesome, I think that's a reality. I think I see it <laughs> I'm, I'm, I see it. I'm here for it. I do think, because um, she played it off like she was okay with Greg doing But when she did say, She's you know, not. it caught me off guard a little bit. <laughs> when she's seen, I think they're... Like, I think it's one of those things, look, I'm friends with literally all my exes. Hi. Uh, Sagittarius. Sagittarius. We love everybody. I'm cool with them, but there are a few that I'm not going to lie. Like, though, I may not want to be with them anymore. There's a little, like, somebody may come around. I'm like, oh, oh, they do have a new boo. Okay, hey. Oh, wow. I didn't think I cared. So I've had those moments. Um, But I think you definitely can be friends with your ex. But it does get a little tricky, though, because... They to me are still like I do see them asking for a threesome. I it feels fresh. Still. I see it coming, and like I said, Greer and his new girlfriend just ooze sex. Mm-hmm. They're like the most beautiful couple I've ever seen. But you know it can be tricky. But I think, um, like Drew said, I feel like we could just all get along and hang out. Now there's some exes you may not ever want to hang out with, but uh-huh. I'm pretty cool with the most of mine. I feel like Greer's a Libra. Gre- okay, and I feel like the Amber Rose girl is like a Gemini. Like okay. she's like free spirit. Like. I don't know. That's, what do we think Greer is? So you think he's a Libra? I think he's definitely a Libra. And you think she's... Um, um, I think she's a Gemini because she Gemini. seems like... Yeah, free spirit. And they seem like a really good match. Like Gemini, Libra. Okay. I think really he's good. a Virgo. Ooh. What? No. He's a Virgo. <laughs> even a little. You think he's a Virgo? I feel Not like he's a even. Virgo. I he's think so Greer. Libra because he likes. Okay, here's the thing. He's a Libra because he likes the finer things in life. He's mm-hmm. very bougie. Virgo. Libras, Virgo. Libras are also ruled by Venus, which is the planet of beauty. He is all about yes. aesthetics. He loves things that look good, that taste good, that are refined. Um, and also, there's a part of him that is kind of diplomatic, where he can have intellectual right. conversations and he can see different sides to an issue. So I feel like he you is say Libra. Libra. You say all Virgo. Virgo. I say. <laughs> <laughs> he gives me. Ooh. He's an air sign for sure. He's an air sign. Let me sign. see what you got in the key because you're really good with this. He's not grounded. I say <laughs> either a Scorpio. I can see a Scorpio. I could see that too. Or a Gemini. I could see that too. Yeah. Or a Taurus. No. Mm-hmm. Yes. He reminds me of a few of my exes <laughs> who are all Tauruses. But I think if I had one choice, it would be uh, the Scorpio. Because. Scorpio, and I see her being a Scorpio because to me, Scorpios ooze sex. They yeah. literally can just walk into a room and not say anything. They give off this air like, have sex with me. Like, they're just very passionate people. So I think he's a Scorpio. Guys, in the comments, let us know. Right now we have Jamie and we have Grail. Let us know what you guys think <laughs> their signs are. Let's go to my favorite ex-boyfriend, Mars. Mars. Love him and then we'll do Mars' sign after. <laughs> um, Mars and Chloe have sex. Let's just get straight to it. Um, for those who don't know, they have a past history where... They hooked up from a time from season one. They make it seem like Chloe had a crush on him, and he ended up going with <coughs> Nola. What we kind of find out in this episode is they were hooking up, and she got pregnant mm. by little bitty baby Mars, and she's always hooked the way by. And then he left. She he didn't know she was pregnant, but then he ended up hooking up with her best friend. What are your thoughts on Chloe and Mars? Do we like it? Should we not happen again? Because um, she was kind of being mean to him after two. 
I really like Chloe and Marv's, but I think Chloe is kind of the opal and he's mm. the Nola. Yes. And it's like you really have to check how you talk to people. Like, people really have to, like, check in herself before they get into relationships. And I think Chloe is one of those who needs to learn how to speak to people because you don't get to be out of pocket for no reason. And, like, you can't get... You can't get mad at someone for doing something that they didn't know that they... You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't can't have this anger towards him about an abortion when when he didn't know. Right. You know? So, I don't know. Or even knew you were pregnant. Yeah. Um... And we, you know, Chloe is going through some things right now. Mm-hmm. Danton, is that his name? Ugh. Danton, Danton, her sugar daddy boo, who's like the owner of the art gallery. You know, oh, we see he. He's so mad. And he's doing a thing where he, you know, it's going to be Chloe versus Nola, where, you know, Nola's standing behind this campaign because he came in and gentrified and closed down the bike shop where Mars worked. And that's what Mars and Nola are trying to explain to, oh, I mean, Opal. See, she's Opal. Uh, Chloe, but Chloe looks at it like, this is my man. I work with him. And Homeboy's not happy about it. And he's also kicking her out of the gallery. So I feel like she's going through a lot this episode. And just yeah. let in. And I, I don't think she's good with expressing herself. Mm-hmm. So I think just for her opening up and telling Mars, like, oh, by the way, I was also pregnant. I think Chloe goes by the simulation. Like, she's very, like, stick to the status quo. Yeah. She's... I think it frustrates her that Nola is so like, because I think in Nola, I think in her eyes Nola's taking the harder route, and she's like, "Let me just help you." There's money on this side. There's you know, freedom on this side, and Nola's more of a if I if all of us can't go, I don't want to go type. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think Chloe is very like, she's one of those you she's know practical. new black people with money where it's like we just forget about where we came from and we just make the coin. What Stokely said in episode, uh, where she gives a breakdown of Stokely saying with the people, the black people who went to Martha Vineyard, mm-hmm. and his black people who think someone like Chloe is like, listen, because you know, she's she's standing next to him as he's giving this horrible gentrification speech yeah. and her friends are on the other side holding up signs, protesting, yeah. Yeah. and she's standing next to her man like, it's fine. Like, yeah. is it though? And it's, and it's interesting watching because they've, they've subtly mentioned like, Nola suddenly mentioned, like, where she is with Chloe, and so I have a feeling we're gonna have to see a blow-up <coughs> soon, but, mm-hmm. yeah, Chloe's definitely drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. A mess. But I did enjoy her and Mars having sex because there's been a lot of sexual short-lived. chemistry. It was short-lived. There's a lot of sexual chemistry between the two, and she already seemed aggravated, and even in season one, I was like, they're definitely gonna get it in. So yeah. I was happy to see Mars, and anything with Anthony Ramos with his clothes off. I love him. It's QT. Um... Yeah. The kids, the babies. Listen, <laughs> Skylar and Virgil. You know, I think adults I think love it. kids have no idea what's going on in yeah. life. The babies know what's going on, and they know all the drama where Skylar is braiding Virgil's hair. So cute on a stoop. It reminded me of the movie Crooklyn, so that's what mm-hmm. it took me to. Shout out to you, uh, Spike. But Virgil, you know, opens up to Skylar. Because obviously Skylar knows that her mom and Nola dated and they both know who Nola is. And Virgil's like, Nola messed up my parents' marriage. That's why they're getting a divorce. Why don't you hate her? And Skylar's like, no, like, that's the homie. She's like my fake stepmom kind of. And I don't think she knew. And they have a moment and it it gets Skylar ready to confront her ex-stepmom. And she does just that. She confronts her ex-stepmom and literally blatantly says, did you know that Jamie was married when y'all started effing? She said the word. Yeah. I'm bleeping it out, but she said the word. I was like, that's so cool. She said the word like 10 times on set. So I wonder like what it was like for her working on set. Her parents are like, all right, enough. Don't say no more. Uh, what were your feels with the kids um, expressing themselves and then with the, you know, Virgil confronted his parents mm-hmm. and then Skylar confronting her ex-stepmommy? 
I feel like we, like, what you said, we so often underestimate, like, the maturity of kids and, like, they know what's going on. Like, kids aren't stupid. Kids know, like, what's going on. They're very perceptive. They have, like, this keen sense of what's right and what's wrong, and I think sometimes they can't see the gray, so we see that with her, like, the way, you know, Skylar is explaining, oh, it's not complicated, it's just, like you know, not palatable or, like, you know, messy. Yeah, unpleasant. And it's it's true. It's, like, sometimes, you know, adults are going to be like, oh, you're not going to understand it because the kids will make a judgment and think, oh, this is bad, this is good, versus, okay, like, if you come at it, and I'm not justifying bad behavior at all, but if you come at it with this perspective that people are doing the best they can with the mindset they have and whatever they're going through at that time, then you can really, like, develop a sort of empathy for, like, why people make bad decisions or why people do destructive things. And it's not justifying it at all. It's just, like, that's the peak of their potential. They didn't do their best that they could ever do in life, but they did the best that they could do in that moment. Right, right. So it's just, I don't know. I thought, like, her calling out Nola was hilarious. I was like, how did you get here? <laughs> like, don't, Facts. I'm like, like what? Like, how do you go from school to here? Like, what the hell is this? Um, I just knew it wasn't real life because... yeah. The way she was sassing Nola, right. the way she sassed her mama, and the way Virgil sassed his dad, I'm like, <laughs> no one's choking? I mean, like, that's not good, right. but I would at least got the threat. Like, in my household, we got the threats. Like, I will yoke you up yeah, from this porch. I, took, I brought you into this world. I will take <laughs> you out. So I was just shocked that they weren't like, fam, we can shoot the fair ones. What are you doing? I but. think, I think, like... The Skylar thing, I felt personally, was a little out of pocket because this really does not pertain to you. Facts. Like, little girl. You're like, a child. You're a child. The Virgil thing, obviously, is a lot more understandable. What bothers me, is, and I am a kid of divorce, and so I, and it was not a clean divorce. So, <laughs> like, parents, y'all gotta remember, like, this is your kid, and that's their parent, and you can't just be saying any damn thing because, like, that's still their parent. And so, to see Virgil's anger towards his dad for a minute and then his anger towards Nola and it's like Cheryl you need to is that her name? Cheryl yeah Cheryl yeah like you you insert generic white name even though you're (laughs) even though you're hurt and it's and it's an understandable hurt that's still your kid not still their father and you still have to like Virgil shouldn't know Nola's name yeah he absolutely shouldn't he shouldn't know her name he shouldn't know I mean, he can know the dad, you know, messed up or whatever, but he shouldn't be... There's just some stuff, like, I understand kids are smart. I was that kid, but, like, there's some stuff you just need to let not... Yeah. We should not know the ins and outs of your failed relationship. Yeah. It was a lot, but I did appreciate the conversation he had with his parents, and mm-hmm. even little Miss Skyler sassing her way, and then bringing uh, Nola... And, you know, Nola stuck up for him. I was like, no, it was just a headphones thing. See, I'm petty. I would have been like, tell your daughter yeah. <laughs> before I slap she you for her. <laughs> she not grown. But, you know, obviously these two kids are hurt. But I just feel like, you know, stay in a child's place. But it is what it is. Uh, but I love the acting of these two kids. And I just love seeing them on both episodes. And I think we're going to see more of them. And I would love to see more of the kids. Um, we get an amazing performance at the end of this from the one and only Mars. We love him. Before we get into that, Mars's horoscope sign. What do you guys think Mars is? Okay. This is so hard because he is so kind and generous and loving, but I don't think he's grounded. I still think he's like, I feel like he has to be like a cancer or something, but then at the same time, he's too flamboyant for cancer. So I genuinely think he's like some sort of cusp, like a Gemini cancer cusp. Okay. Gemini cancer cusp. What about you, Drew? 
I think he's on the cusp, but I personally think he's like a Pisces Aquarius. Oh. I see that. I, I definitely I feel, feel like that I'm because I'm Aquarius, but I'm towards the end of Aquarius, right. and I feel like I a lot of personalities. I'm like I do that. Like, Yo, <laughs> I see. Um, I, I actually okay. I I do want it now. I'm like totally sold. Okay, I, no, I really am totally sold on. This. So you guys are both saying Aquarius um, Pisces. Cusp. I I agree with that just because. Uh, the Pisces part, he's extremely creative, he's a true artist, but Pisces are also known to be incredibly generous, mm-hmm. like, very open hands, like, Too damn yeah, and then also there's a part of them that's not very, um, uh, dominant for the, yeah. for the males, for the males specifically, Pisces men are not dominant, my but ex, the Aquarius the men, the really nice thing about Aquarians is that they're, like, these free thinkers that like you know no it's true they really are free thinkers where we don't give up for okay. them they care so much about principle and like systemic injustice and it's always about like the greater Drew. good so it's like oprah winfrey aquarius and like ellen degeneres aquarius it's like usually the people who are like in charge but they also have like they're like i'm gonna be I- i'm not gonna be on this team right. i'm gonna be on the team if, if it means being oppressed, I'll still be with these people, and I'm not going to turn my back and on them. Yeah. So I okay, definitely, so you guys are saying Pisces? I 100% agree Aquarius. with Aquarius. Pisces, God's love okay. is so spot on. I'm going complete opposite. I'm saying he is an Aries or a Sagittarius, because... I can see Sag more than Aries, because yes. he doesn't fight. He's not fighting. Yeah, Aries enough. are very angry. I see Sagittarius because I see myself in Mars. We're free We're free spirits. We're all over the place. We literally are like, let's just move to the other side of the country. We are procrastinators. I'm dragging myself, baby. We the type that will be like, we know that we have a plan. We have to do things. But we would lose our job and get kicked out of our apartment. And though we were supposed to pay something on time, though it's his sister... It's like it's not him, but um, we're also like we're couch surfers, some of us, and we have really big hearts, and we love everybody. We're like I could see him talking to Chloe and talking to Nor- Nola because he's like, oh, it's cool. So I see <laughs> either Sag or Aries. Also, fun fact about Sages. Uh, they have Peter Pan syndrome, which means like they never want to grow up, so they're big kids at heart, and that's like a, they have a beautiful, <laughs> genuinely they have a beautiful childlike quality to them, like really, really pure beauty. I, I can agree with the Sag. This is maybe. very true. Sagittarius is we don't want to grow up, and Jay Z is a Sagittarius, and he made the song. <laughs> I forgot the song he made, but no, Sag is like people think that I'm younger than what I am, and it's like, it's, you know, we're Toys R Us kids. We don't want to grow up, so I see him being a Sag. But that's just me. You guys let me know what you guys think Mars, Greer, and <laughs> Jamie are in the comments, but we do get an amazing performance from the one and only Anthony Ramos, a.k.a. Mars, where we hear that beautiful Hamilton voice, mm-hmm. Baby Can Sing, and this is a project that they're doing uh, for the relief for the hurricane that they had in Puerto Rico. And I've been saying this, that Puerto Rico has been a theme in this season, which I love, and of course, Spike showed the real-life pictures from the people who are still struggling from this hurricane because though Puerto Rico is part of the United States of America, we as Americans, you know, we're not treating it like it's our sister. Because so, it's not a state, but it's under U.S. It's under U.S. And they're, they're, it's but not that it would matter because Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean water. It's yeah. because it's brown people. Listen, it's the truth. The yeah. ones that are states, we're not taking care of yeah. them either. So to have Puerto Rico and Puerto, Rico, Puerto Ricans feel... Like, we kind of left them, but I love that Fat Joe was in the scene because, you know, Fat Joe and Jay-Z teamed up, and Jay-Z gave Fat Joe that plane, and they took it to Puerto Rico. So I love seeing this. I love her speaking Spanish, the Puerto Rican flags. It's it's, it's amazing. What do you guys think? 
of this whole experience. It's Puerto so, Rico. Yeah, no, it's definitely beautiful because it's like, how often do we get news coverage of this? Like, we right. did have news coverage of the devastation, and there is, like, the repetitive, like, you know, 24-hour news cycle where we see it, but then we just don't care after they stop covering it. And, like, why aren't we covering it anymore? Why don't we cover Flint anymore? Why don't we cover different places anymore? Because it's not, like, captivating. Because we already talked about it, and it's like... It's just always about the next story. It's always about sensationalizing something. And meanwhile, there are all these terrible things happening that we can do something about. But people are just not being pushed to think about it because our media dictates what we think about. It really does. Like, if you're tuned into the news or if you're tuned into social media, the things that are posted everywhere, like, those are the things that we think about. Unless you go out of your way to research things on your own and you have that, like, luxury of time where you're not, like, working a million-hour work week trying to, like, get the basic necessities for your kids and you have that luxury of time where you can think about these things and think, how can I help? Right. I mean, but it's also because this country doesn't care about blonde or brown and black bodies because, I mean, I remember when I a white kid got bullied at school, which we found out he was dropping the N-word all day, but whatever. He got everything he needed in a matter of hours and then some. Puerto Rico realistically could have been handled and fixed within a matter of weeks, but this country doesn't care, and so here we are a year, year and a half, two years out, and Puerto Rico half the country still doesn't have power. Half the country is, you know, still misplaced. I mean, if you think about New Orleans, Hurricane Katrina, that was 10, 15 years ago. Sheesh. And there and that's like that's my mama's whole my mama's hometown and they're still trying to put their lives together. Flint, Michigan would have taken a couple million and we would have been done with that. You know what I'm saying? Like this country doesn't care about the the people who are the backbone of this country. And so, therefore, it's going to continue. And and I love that Spike Lee was very unapologetic and was and gave this to fan like fans uh, and and people of and the people of Puerto Rico. And it was just kind of like we didn't forget you. Yeah, it was really dope. And he did the same thing last year. Sorry, not last year. The movie Black Klansman. Mm-hmm. He did an amazing job at the end when he showed the photos where that young lady was murdered and ran over by those weirdos and those stupid tiki torches. Like and. Spike showed real footage at the end of the movie where, like, when you're done watching Black Clans, when you think it's over, you're literally in your seat like, wait, what? And he shows it, and I love that Spike Lee does that. So I was happy that he showed the real photos, real devastation of Puerto Rico and what's happening. I just love seeing the Puerto Rican flags, and I just love that he gave Puerto Rico a voice in this episode. And it's kind of been the theme, because we're, what, six episodes in now, and I've literally, we've been saying, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, and I think that's what he's talking about. You know, Spike's really political, and... He about that life. He is about that life. So that was a great episode, Mm -hmm. and Mina is going to share our top three favorite moments of episode six. Okay, so the top three moments of episode six, obviously when Opal's kid comes and confronts Nola um, and drops the F-bomb and is very assertive about getting to the facts, which are none of her business, none of her concern, but she wants to know the truth. That is some serious investigative journalism right there. So I I definitely appreciated that. Um, Obviously, the Puerto Rico devastation and shedding light on something that was so important, as we just discussed right now. And finally, Mars's performance at the very end, which... Oh my god, I was like about to tear up because it was so beautiful and I was just watching it like, damn. That voice. That was beautiful. We saw a totally different, like we just saw like through that performance like so much beauty and grace and and heart and it's like his character throughout the entire show but in musical artistic form. So 
Those were it was the really, best moments. Really great. Thank you, Mina. Thank you, Drew, for handling those moments from episode five and six. Uh, great two episodes. I'm really excited. I can't wait to watch the, the next three. We have three more left because it's nine episodes this season. Um, but let's wrap this out and let's do some news and gossip. After Buzz TV News. So we kind of touched on it. Um a little bit ago, but the conversation between black Brits and black Americans has really had Twitter ablazing so much so that even um, some British, black British actors uh, got in on the conversation. John Boyega <laughs> commented, um, just a simple trash um, when, the, when the scene came about. Um, and yeah, a lot of people have been feeling a lot of different types of ways. This has definitely been um, an argument on Twitter all day today. Damn. Um, both sides have valid points, but um, yeah, it's a hot mess. Yowzers. For sure. And like you said, you know, I just wish as any community, any race, anybody that we can just all get along and not the whole get along because that's so corny to say, but instead of debating about who was more oppressed and who went through this, like we all was oppressed. Yeah. Let's now, now all come together and figure out how we can make it work for ourselves. Yeah. You know, right. I do think conversations like this are important because I think people's opinions, this is your opinion and no one can change your opinion. That's something I do hate about social media. When someone says they have an opinion, everyone thinks that they can change it. No, you don't agree. Tell me why you don't agree. Let's have an adult conversation and let's agree to disagree mm-hmm. and let's keep it moving. Um, but shout out to you, John. Um, my homeboy said trash. He's British and he's black. So that's his opinion. That's his thoughts. Yeah. I don't think he's saying the show is trash, but I think he's saying the conversation is trash. Yeah. Um, really good two episodes. Let's, you know what? Let's do predictions. Let's do some predictions because we only got three episodes left, and let's just see where you guys think this is going to go. TV predictions. Which is insane that there's only three left. I'm like, no, give me more. Who wants to start? Yeah, I think obviously um, the whole chasing down Cheryl's boy (laughs) toy is going to come back and haunt Jamie. Um, Or someone's going to take the rat, like the heat for it, and it's going to like put another person of color in prison for something that they didn't do it's gonna it's gonna be something like that um it it might get pinned on the wrong person or who who knows what's gonna happen but um i don't i don't know what else like it's so hard for me to think i just want to see more of the kids because the kids honestly make the show so great in my eyes and i also love the musical performances so if we could see a little bit more of that that would be great i love the conversation about abortion that that went on where She's like, oh, being the feminist that I am, I could do whatever I want. And he was kind of like, well, yeah, but, like, what about me? What about me? You know? Yeah. You know, you didn't even let me know. So, I don't know. I, I like that all these topics were being tossed around. Yeah. And I'd like to see more of that. Nice. I don't think Puerto Rico's done for. I feel like we're going to, it's going to continue to be incorporated in the episodes, which I'm here for. Um, and I, I, I feel like Jamie and Nola have to have some type of confrontation eventually. And it, I thought it was going to happen at the Prince. Oh my God, I got parade, <laughs> But I feel like it's coming. Yeah. Um, I do, I definitely think it's coming and I would like for Nola to confront Cheryl's ass mm-hmm. in her yeah. face. Um, I do definitely see Greer asking for a threesome with Nola and his new Amber Rose boo. I see that coming. <laughs> um, and I would just like to see something good happen for Mars because Mars is going through it right now mm-hmm. and. He's struggling, so I would like to see him overcome, and I would like to see where him and the whole cloak thing goes. Um, and also, I would like to see the whole Shemekka and Winnie situation. Yeah, I'm so proud Because I shipped them, so I'm happy. You know, Shemekka's going through it. She's healing, and I think Winnie wants to be a part of that healing process, so yes. I would like to see that. 
All right, ladies. Great episodes. We held it down. We did four episodes. Yes. <laughs> We're kicking it. So we, we will be it. back. Make sure you guys stay tuned. We will cover episodes seven and eight, possibly nine. I don't know what we're going to do. We'll let you guys know. Ladies, let the fans know where they can find you guys at on social media. Hey, everyone. You can find me at Mina Makes Magic on Instagram and Twitter. And you guys can slide into the DMs anywhere at OK Drew J. You guys can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom. And also, if you guys are on YouTube, make sure you guys give us a thumbs up and you guys review and comment and let us know what you guys think because we really do appreciate you. If you are Spotify or iTunes or SoundCloud, make sure you guys give us five stars or one. I don't want to tell you what to do, but just let us know how you feel. <laughs> we love you. We're here to please you. Uh, again, you can find me on social media at Kiki Boom Boom, Black Hollywood Live. Okay, wrong show. After Buzz TV, make sure you guys like and subscribe. My brain's all over the place. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like You're to You're tuned you. in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.